Hey, this is Pastor Jack C., and welcome to the broadcast. This is Living with Purpose, and this is our chance uh, once a week just to get into the Word, a little bit of a Bible study, and I encourage you to get your Bible, take some notes. You know, you can share this video. You can share this on social media. If it's been a blessing to you, just let us know. Write some comments there at the bottom. But uh, our goal is not to get something from you, and it is to, it is to get something to you. And so uh, these broadcasts, we kind of make them in bite-sized form like this, or about 15 minutes, so that you have an opportunity throughout, no matter where you are during the day, to, uh, to watch them, to listen to them, and to share them. And uh, we have been talking about the subject of honor. And uh, uh, this is going back uh, weeks and weeks ago when I just felt impressed of the Lord that, you know, what, what our nation is going through, what our city governments are going through, you know, all the politics, all of the, the craziness that is in this world. And uh, there is just uh, such a lack of honor anymore for the things that, uh, that God says that we should honor. And uh, first and foremost, there should be an honor for God. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, well, Jesus, I love you, but do they really honor him? You know, we can be close to him with our words, but far away from him in our hearts. And there's many scriptures that are like that. You know, I'm reminded of a testimony of a man who was a famous pastor, a famous minister that unfortunately made some very, very poor choices, uh, went to jail, um, paid his price for the crimes that he paid, uh, that he that he made, uh, but another minister went to go see him, and that minister was like, you know, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? And this person said, you know, I never stopped loving Jesus. I love Jesus through the midst of everything that I was doing. It's that I stopped fearing him. And one of the best ways that we can honor God is this thing called the fear of the Lord, which I'm not going to get into today, but it is something that is going to come up. We need to have a reverence and an honor for God first and foremost. We should honor what God says to honor, and uh, we should pay attention to the things that he tells us to pay attention to. And uh, we should, um, you know, time is short, and we spend a whole lot of time trying to, to, to work on things or, or give all of our attention to things that in the, in, the, in the scheme of eternity, they really don't mean a thing. And so if we would just go back to a fundamental fear of the Lord, um, the, the dignity, the, um, the reverence that our God is due, you know, he's not a vengeful, wrathful, judgmental God. He's a God of love. And you're going to see that all throughout, uh, all throughout his Bible, his, his number one thing is that he was trying to get something to the people of the earth and not take something from them. So, we talked a little bit uh, last week about you know Jesus being this wonderful picture of like servant-hearted leadership. You know Jesus at the height of his ministry, um, he had all his disciples there. It may have been the Last Supper. I'm not sure. Um, there's some speculation about that, but this is one of the last times that he was ever going to have this group of men together. And so you know the Bible says in the book of John chapter 13 that Jesus knew who he was. He knew where he was from, and he knew where he was going. He's at the height of his ministry. And at that moment, that's when Jesus rightfully deserved the most honor. But what he did just totally baffled the disciples. Instead of reaching for a crown at that moment and taking authority, he reached for the towel of a servant, and he became a bondservant, and he washed the disciples' feet. And he did that as an example that you can have all the authority in the world, you can have all the power in the world, but if there's no humility in you, 
Um, th that humility is what's going to keep you in check and it's going to keep you from being puffed up with pride and, and look what I've done and, you know, you know I, look what God has given to me and, you know, because of everything that I've done. And Jesus gave an incredible, just an a awesome example of humility. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2 today, moving forward. And really, I would encourage you to read uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. Uh, you know what? Let's just do that. Let's take a look at that real quick. And that is in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. And it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." And what I want to, to point out with that is that, you know, God himself, you know, we're talking about how do we honor men. And we talked about a little bit before, you know, by not having an overinflated honor of myself. We talked last week about preferring others. But here really is kind of the meat of how, how can we really honor all men and use the example that God gave us through Jesus, and that is humility. And I made this statement last week that the pathway to honor is humility. The lower that you go, the higher you will grow. The lower we go with humility, the higher we're going to grow. And you're going to find out that all the benefits and all the graces and all these wonderful things that God has for us, they don't go to the proud. They don't go to the ones that are professing their own right or their own way or trying to be first. All of these graces and all of these blessings are always associated with the humble. So if you need help right now, then humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Amen. Um, humble yourself. You know, husbands and wives, if we will humble ourselves and if we will um, um, learn to trust that other person with our hearts, humble ourselves. Men, when we mess up, we need to tell our wives that we messed up. You know, we, when, when, we, when we do something wrong, we need to take responsibility for it. <coughs> we need to humble ourselves. But, you know, we're so full of pride sometimes, we would never let anybody know that we made a mistake. We would never want anybody to know that I had made a poor choice. But that's not the pathway to honor. The pathway to honor is humility. And uh, when it talks about when Jesus humbled himself, that word humbled means to make low or to lower oneself. It's a person who is devoid of all arrogance and self-exaltation. This is a person who is willing, willingly submitted to God and his will. A true person walking in humility will have no problem in honoring others. Let me say that again. A true person walking in humility will have no problem honoring others. One of the most uh, best verses that shows this is James chapter 4, verse 6. And I'm actually going to couple two verses together because I want you to see where this blessing is. Remember, we're talking about how do we honor all men, and this is how we do it. If we stay humble, if I stay in that attitude of humility, remember, humility is not a thing, it's an attitude. If I stay in that attitude of humility, it's always going to keep me in a place where I will honor others. It's going to become secondhand, it's going to become natural to me to do that. So James chapter 4, verse 6, plus if you have your Bible open, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. 
And uh, I'll read you the first one. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Let me just go ahead and throw this out there, that if God resists something, it's never going to happen. If God is resisting something, then there is no physical possible way for that thing to ever move until God stops resisting it. There is no answer to the question of what God cannot resist. When God resists something, and who does he resist specifically? He resists he resist the proud. Well, why the proud? Because pride is the original sin. I want you to remember that before Adam and Eve ever partook of that apple, that Satan tried to, to have a mutiny. He had a church split in heaven. And Satan rose up against God, and he said, I will ascend onto the throne. I will sit. I will do all these things. And that sin of pride, that's the iniquity that was found in Satan when he was cast to earth. So the original sin is pride. So in any time when I start operating in that thing of pride, there's going to be a resistance there because that is the thing that God hates. God hates pride. And when I'm prideful, that means that I'm going to put my needs above your needs. When I'm prideful, that means that I am not correctable. I am not teachable. Uh, um, you are, I am stubborn. Uh, I am lazy. You're never going to be able to tell me anything because I know it all. As a pastor, just a quick side note, the hardest people that I've ever had to counsel were the ones that after you started sharing with them what you believe the Lord had for them, their response was, well, I know that. Well, I knew that. Well, I know that. Well, I knew that. Whenever I get into that situation with somebody, that spirit of pride or that pride in them is so strong, it doesn't, you can't hear a word that, they can't hear a word that you're saying because they are so set on being right and they are so set that there's no possible way that they could ever be wrong. That I know this without a shout out. Look at me. There's tons of Bible that we can know. And we've been talking a lot about this on Sunday mornings. The word that we know doesn't profit us. It's the word that's in our heart. It's that word that we have revelation knowledge of. That's the word that's working for me today. So you can sit there and say, I know that verse. I know that verse. I can recite that verse forwards and backwards in the Greek and the Hebrew. That's wonderful. But if you don't have working knowledge of how that word works, you can't apply it to your own life. It's not, it's not, it's not practical to you. Then that verse is, is worthless to you because you can't get out of it what it's intended to get to you. And so a lot of times when we go to share with somebody, see, nobody, none of us like to look stupid. None of us like to look like we're uneducated or we're like, don't, don't know something. But you know, one of the greatest things in men, I don't know why we're picking on men today. But one of the greatest things that we can actually do to our wives is admit sometimes that we don't know what we're doing. You know, we, you know, we don't fake it till we make it. You know, we can make choices and make decisions. And, uh, you know, God brought a man and a wife together, not so that the man could lord over the wife. It's that them together would, would identify as one flesh and be a picture of the Godhead, of everything that God has. See, together we're stronger than we are if we're apart. But if I come in and I'm thinking, well, I'm the man and I'm supposed to know everything and I know better and, and all that and you're just the wife, see, we're going to get into honoring the wife because that is another thing that God specifically tells us to do in his word. He tells me to honor my wife. So I can't honor my wife by lording over her. Amen. She's not lower than me. The Bible says she's a weaker vessel only in physical strength. 
That's the only way that we're different. She gets the joy of childbirth. If it was up to men to bear children, there would be no children in the earth today because it would hurt too much and we wouldn't do it. It's up to the women. They're by far much stronger than we are. And so what I'm trying to say is, is that if I will humble myself in my marriage, if I will humble myself in all these different relationships, then there's going to be an atmosphere where people can actually talk, where they can communicate, where they feel comfortable. No one feels safe in a conversation when someone thinks they know it all. Who feels safe in that? Who's going to want to share? You know, after the second, third time of hearing, well, I know that, well, I know that, I'm done. You know, what good does it to try and keep going on a path with somebody that thinks they know everything? And so, in James chapter 4, verse 6, as it said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace. See, here's that thing. There's no grace associated with resisting the proud, but there's a grace associated with me being humble. And so I want you to see how that connects with 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. It says, Nevertheless, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by, by the coming of Titus. Well, how does that connect? That word downcast means low to the ground. It means humble. How does God comfort the humble? He does it by strengthening us, edifying us, and encouraging us. You know, one of the greatest things, and my wife has a really, really great gift of this, she is she really flows in the office of an encourager, and that is a scriptural, biblical office. She is an encourager. You know, she's, man, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm for us. I've seen her encourage so many people. You know, really, a lot of the counseling that we end up doing is we're really just trying to encourage people not to give up, not to let go, you know, to let God be God in this situation. And yes, you know, I wish that every counseling situation ended up where, you know, there was complete and total restoration. It takes two. You got to have a partner in it for it to work. But one of the greatest things about Michelle is that she is an encourager. She is so good at encouraging our kids, encouraging me, you know, in my calling and what I've been called to do. She encourages me, you know, even today that you're going to record great today, honey. You're going to do an awesome job. And I appreciate that very, very much. But one of the graces that comes upon me when I will, of my own free will, humble myself in a situation, now there's a grace. And grace means a power, an equipping, and an anointing that will come on me, that will strengthen me, that will edify me, and that will encourage me. Guess what? I will feel better, not bitter. I will come out of that situation of humility stronger. Why? Because when I went low, I grew up. When I went lower, the lower I went, the more that I grew. The lower that I humbled myself, the greater that I grew. And so when we continue to let this process work in our lives, you know, it's not my job to correct people. It's not my job when people, you know, if, if they want to believe that they know something about everything, man, good luck with that. That's not my job to correct them or to judge them. Humility, and I've said it, and I'm going to continue saying it through these teachings, humility is not a thing. It's an attitude, and I want that attitude to be in me that was in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the broadcast today. We're going to continue with this next week. i got some great stuff. And remember, what we're talking about is how do we honor all men, and we'll continue with it. Jesus is Lord. We'll see you next week.